What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Dr. Football Around the League podcast. I am your host, Dr. Dennis Tian. Joining me as always, the CEO of Hedge Better, Justin Fine. We are going around the NFL. How's it going, my man? Justin, how are you today? It's good. It's good. It's uh, New Year's Day, first of the year. Happy 2024. Yep. Um, yeah, man. Uh, looking forward to, to getting into the NFL Another interesting week. Playoff Great race is heating week. up. One of the best yeah. weeks of football of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it just getting better, you know? Yep. And I want to tell you, it was my lucky day yesterday because not only was I 6-0 and against the spread yesterday, but right. I want to tell you, I got uh, if you have a minute, quick story. Yeah. So my mother likes to go to Plain Ridge Casino. Yeah. And I went down there on Christmas Eve day to get her a little t- gift, like a chip, so she could go down and play a, t- a card, so she could go down and play when she wanted to as a Christmas gift. Yeah. So I decided I'd play a few hands of blackjack, right? Yeah. So I took a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. I was oh seven and two. I played nine hands, lost seven of them, pushed twice, and yeah. lost 500 bucks in like seven minutes, right? Oh, so yeah. I was like, this place sucks. These machines are rigged. I'm yeah. never coming back here. Exactly. We didn't exchange gifts yet. And I needed something else for my sister. So I said, you know what? She likes to go to Plain Ridge too. So I went back down there yesterday yeah. morning. And I said, let me play a couple hands, see if I can get some of my money back. Okay. I played seven hands. I won six of the seven hands, including two blackjacks, and made all of my 500 bucks back and then some. There you go. And then all I right. went six and zero oh against the spread yesterday. Beautiful. This is my lucky well, day. That was the day. Yeah. That was the big day. Honestly, as a, as, as a gambler, you you cherish days like you that. You don't have many yeah. days like that as a gambler. But exactly. That was like everything just came up right for me. I, I, I Every bet won. I did lose on the um, Detroit-Dallas over-under on Saturday night because, you know, if you look statistically, when um, – NFL over-unders have been higher than 52 the last few years. They're hitting it like 38%. Right. So it's a stupid bet to take an over when it's that high. And I knew that going into it. But I just had a hunch that game was going to be like a track meet. And it just didn't work out. That's like what I Everything was went too, wrong. Yeah. Everything went wrong for that over. So I did yep. lose on that one. But had a good day yesterday overall. Okay, Justin, let's, let's talk a little bit about a few of the things around the league. We just got a, a bunch of great topics to get into. Uh, let's start with with I want to start with Chicago and Arizona because though those are teams that are not winning teams but they're very relevant to to Foxborough and what's going on in New England and that is those are two teams I'm going to say it right now that should not be taking quarterbacks in the first round of the draft like Justin Fields is developing and you could take if you're the Bears you could take a quarterback in the top 5 and you could get the next Trey Lance. You might not even get Justin Fields. Right. You've developed this guy for three years. He's finally playing well, and now you're going to throw him out the door? The reporting yesterday was they're keeping Matt Eberflus. To me, that's a tell. They're keeping Justin Fields. I think it's the right decision. You take Marvin Harrison. You mm-hmm. take the tight end from Georgia. You take the, the, the tackle from Penn State. You take two of the best offensive pieces possible, and you, and you keep Justin Fields in place, and that team will be a playoff team next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're already almost a borderline playoff team in the NFC right now, right? Yep. I think they're like one or two games back. But uh yeah, I agree, man. I, I think Justin Fields has has, you know, some uh some potential. He is a little inconsistent, but you know, again, like putting some of the right pieces around him may help fix that consistency. And uh yeah, I mean the Cardinals, like Kyler Murray, I know he came off that ACL, you know, people kind of forgot about him a little bit, but this kid's good, man. He's talented. He can play. I don't think uh I I agree with you completely. I don't think 
Either of those teams should be risking it on a quarterback right now. Could you imagine Marvin Harrison and Kyler Murray next year? Like, I think that would be an exciting pair up. Like, you give Kyler Murray a weapon like Marvin Harrison, and if Kyler Murray can keep his head screwed on straight, because I think that's the problem with him. It's never been talent. The guy, I mean, people were talking about him as the MVP a couple years ago, and then his career kind of fell off. But I feel like a lot of that had to do with what's going on in that organization. That's a, that's a, that's a, B-level, you know, Bush League organization in Arizona. And I don't think it matters who plays quarterback. They're facing an uphill battle. So you're going to take this guy and throw him away after three years when he's showing you that that he can win games. I mean, look what he did yesterday against the Philadelphia Eagles. He won that game. I mean, I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. They ran the ball great, but they're, they're a better team. They're a good team with Kyler Murray out there, even with all the limitations on that roster. You're going to throw this guy away for Caleb Williams? What? I, I don't think it makes any sense. Doesn't make any sense to me either. I totally agree. I think uh, I think both of those guys <laughs> deserve a chance to come back here. Is, is, is come back next year as the is the starting quarterbacks, um, and especially when you think about it, like we talk about it, like you said, like the hit rate on first round quarterbacks isn't that great, and so like you're risking that, like you know, you're giving up average to above average for the pursuit of like something that you don't have a great shot of hitting. That's right. So it's, you got a 50% chance you're drafting the next Zach Wilson or the next right. Trey Lance. You're not even Zach Wilson. Like half of these guys, they barely see the field. Everyone thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be God's gift to the quarterback yeah. position. Really? Is he any better than Kyler Murray right now? I don't know. He's on a better team. I don't know if he's a better quarterback. Right. So what, what, what are the, um, you know, I just, I just think, you know, yeah, are they kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place? Because Kyler Murray might be an above average to good quarterback. Justin Fields might be an above average to good quarterback. You could do so much worse. You can win with those guys. Surround them with talent. Take some of those top pieces and roll with that. I think that's the better option for, for both those franchises. I do too. I completely agree. Um, I mean, you know, if you're if if you're Chicago, just just look at what happened with the team that you uh you know, you, you, you traded with that went and got Bryce Young and now Bryce Young is, is looking like a, a bust. Right. Right. So it's like, just, just, you know, don't, don't, uh, what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like, don't let uh what perfect be the enemy of good. That's right. That's you know what right. I mean. So yep. don't, don't, uh, the grass is always greener. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I, I agree. I think, I think you build around those guys that you got and, uh, you try to work. Well, Carolina around. was one of the teams I was going to bring up on the around the league podcast because, yep. As bad as it feels to be a Patriots fan right now, you at least have the possibility of a top five draft pick to, to to look forward to. Carolina was shut out again yesterday. What has Bryce Young shown this year to make you feel good about for the future? We've talked about that before, but realistically, could you imagine the only thing worse than going through a year like the Patriots have, have just gone through is going through a year like that and realizing you're not even picking until 34th in the draft? Exactly. Yeah, man, you they're just in such a crappy situation. Like they've done it to themselves. Like they've made some really bad moves like in in Carolina. And 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 I've heard like there's a lot of the, the owners starting to catch a lot of flack. Like yeah. people people aren't deservedly big, right. so. People aren't because of the owner. And and look, we said it, you know, we're not experts, but it was very clear to us that uh he was the third of the big three Absolutely. quarterbacks. And now I, it's I even looking like Will Levis is even better. I don't know so. what he does that's even special. Levis has looked has shown exactly. more than than you're right than Bryce yeah. Young. So, so yeah, I I, I think I, I just don't know how something like that 
can be so apparent to people like us, but so oblivious to to the experts. I mean, I know that it's a bad situation in Carolina. I mean, their best weapon might be Adam Thielen, who, by the way, would be the Patriots' best receiver if he was right. on the Patriots. But I know it's not a good situation down there. But tell me, what is Bryce Young showing this year to make you say, well, yeah, it's a bad situation, but I believe in this guy. He, he started like 12 or 13 games, I think, and he hasn't shown anything. Yep. Hardly yep. anything. Nothing. I would feel... Awful if I was a Panthers fan right Awful. now. Awful. Yeah. And I get shut out by, by the Jacksonville team that 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 frankly came into that game ice cold. Yeah. You know, it's it's and I know their defense is okay, but it's it's been a constellation of things for Bryce Young. And that franchise looks like they're screwed. Let's talk about another franchise, Justin, that, that looks like they're completely screwed because of their flawed decision making. And that's the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Okay. News this week after the Patriots game came out, Russell Wilson was not going to start again for the Broncos this year. This is what people need to remember about the Russell Wilson thing. Trading for him was one thing. We both panned it at the time before anything happened. And you can go back to our podcast from like last June or July, I mean 2022, when the Broncos signed Russell Wilson. Don't forget, they didn't just trade for him. They signed him and they didn't have to sign him. He was under contract. That was a worse mistake than trading for him. Yeah, that well, you know, I'm kind of conflicted about this move because it was obviously an awful move, you know, it was awful financially at the time, right? It really crippled the team. Russell Wilson, you know, it's clearly not doing what people thought this team would be doing and what he would be doing, but like he's been a pretty good quarterback this year. Like statistically, I think he's like 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Like he's been okay. I really, really question like that move, especially when Denver's not eliminated from, they're not eliminated from the playoff race. Like that almost seems more of like a Sean Payton, like wanting to embarrass like Russell Wilson. Don't you think? Cause like, I don't know. Did he deserve to be benched? I mean, statistically his numbers weren't bad. I admit that, but I don't think he's the same player that he was a few years ago. I think what they're thinking they're seeing is that he's in decline and the amount of money they're paying him they can't surround him with the talent that he needs to have around him at this point to win. It's like a math problem that just doesn't work. Like he needs a certain amount of talent around him and they can't pay for that talent because he they're paying him so much money. That contract is what killed them. But and I get that, but you're still eight and eight or whatever they were, five hundred. Yeah. Mathematically alive. Mathematically alive. And you're still dealing with this season, right? So it's like I can understand saying, hey, look it after the last two years we have to just cut the cord right now, rip the Band-Aid off. It sucks. We made a mistake. Can't go into 2024 with with this guy as our, as our quarterback, right? The upside is just too limited. But the move to bench him right now for for uh, for Jared Stidham or Justin Stidham, whatever, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. Uh, I just feel like that's almost like a personal, like, you know, screw you from the, co- the coach and the organization, like, to Russell. Because – while he, I, I understand the move to cut him. Like I said, he hadn't been playing that bad this year. Yep. I still think he gives them their best chance to make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs. It just seemed to me like it was almost like spiteful. Like, yeah, you know, we, well, we there's some other factor. Like they don't yeah, like the guy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's something going on. Which but, was one of the things in Seattle that, that, that people said about him was like his teammates didn't like him. He couldn't get along. He couldn't relate to people. The guy's in outer space. I mean, maybe it was one of those things where it was just like, 
the final straw was the way he maybe handled the Patriots loss. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that could have been somewhere where it was like, look, like that was a huge game. Like you got a, a, a team is really struggling coming in on to your home stadium on Christmas Eve, yeah. big game for the playoff race. And, and, and they came up short and maybe Russell Wilson was just a little too like chipper or right. nonchalant after the game or in practice the next but, but day. I th- I think, you know, I, I agree. But I think, I think that really, when you look at this, this, this has the, probably has the potential to go down as the worst transaction or trade in NFL history. And I think that that it's not just the trade itself and what they gave up for Russell Wilson, but the fact that they resigned him and, and completely hamstrung himself from getting out of it. You add those two things up. And people talk about the Herschel Walker trade, which was a little before my time, the Ricky Williams trade. I, I do remember that. None of those trades, as bad and one-sided as they ended up being, hamstrung the team from doing anything else for like two or three years. The Broncos are going to be in cap jail because of the yeah. contract. So not only, not only did, they, did they sell the farm to bring this guy in, they then committed to him yeah. for, for a contract that is going to absolutely kill them for, for the next foreseeable future. It, it, this is a franchise crushing move. Yeah, that honestly, that in the, uh, the Deshaun Watson deal, they compete in neck and neck. Oh my for God. Like, you it's know, another one. Yeah. You look at what I mean, we've talked about. Baker Mayfield is doing. We're, we're going to get to the Browns. Yeah. I want to talk about the the Bills. One of my um, one of my, I hopped on. Uh, I know you said you got the Bills at I think plus two thousand to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I took it after the, the after the Dallas win. I think I got them at like plus fourteen hundred, but I still hopped on. Yeah, I love the Bills to come out of the AFC this year. I just have a yeah. feeling that they're going to be that dark horse team. I'm not holding. A kind of tepid performance yesterday against the Patriots, against them, because I just think that division game, tough game. We just talked about on the Patriots podcast how the Patriots are still playing really hard, have a great defense. Yep. Um, I have a weird feeling that that Buffalo team makes a run in the postseason this year. I do too. I think like the 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 skies are kind of just clearing, right? Yeah. Like everything is just kind of aligning. They're getting hot at the right time, they right? They're they're kind of gelling. Um, I mean, you know, it, and that's why football is so funny because it was a few weeks ago the Buffalo Bills were five hundred and everyone was talking about their demise, right? And they weren't going to make the playoffs. And they weren't going to make the playoffs. And they still might not. They, by the way, but they're still. But right now they're. They're in today. They're in today. And I think they're arguably the hottest team and one of the hottest teams in football, right? So it's like, you know, you look at that, it's like vice versa. You know, you look at some of these other teams, like the Eagles, who a few weeks ago, we thought they were, you know, best team in the best NFL, team in the NFL yeah. you know and now and now they can't even beat the the Cardinals so you know I look at it and I'm just like you know things change it just, it just seems like football is really you know about being healthy and keeping the momentum and hitting the stride at the right time it, it absolutely is it, we've seen that how many other times a million times you yeah. know and and that's what this Bills team is doing they struggled a little bit early on but they're gelling at the right time they're winning games at the right time they're playing their best football when it matters and I just think the rest of the field is so weak yep uh, well, that's part of it too, for you, sure. You know, you, you look mean, at the, the AFC is just weak. The AFC is so weak. You know, the the Chiefs are the most vulnerable. I I can remember them. Sent, you know, in the right. Patrick Mahomes no, there's era, there's something wrong with that you know, Chiefs team. Something's up at there. You don't have Joe Burrow with the, in, in in the Bengals. Miami's fraudulent. You know, the Ravens. You just, as good as they are, you just feel like something's going to happen to the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are legit, but but I yeah. I think the Bills could beat them. I do too. And I think I like I love Cleveland. I yeah. love. I love it. It's a great story, but yeah. come on, you tell me Josh Allen can't go into into Cleveland and beat, or, or, or especially if the game was in Buffalo, right? Beat that Cleveland team? Of course they could, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. So yeah, I I like Buffalo to come out of the AFC. 
And a uh, huge Sunday night matchup this week, Buffalo, Miami, terrific way to end the season. Yeah. I love the bills in that game. I don't know what the spread is. Do you know what the spread is on that game? It opened up. I saw it last night. The bills were minus two and a half. I think that's a smash. Oh yeah. That's a smash. Cause Miami is beat up. Yeah. They're hurt. They just, I've said all year, Miami's fraudulent. You know, they are, they They, are, they're fraudulent team. They're a soft team. Coach is a soft coach. I like to. I like the quarterback. I think he's the only one on the on the, the that team that I think has any resiliency or stones. To be yeah. honest with you, I think Tua Tagovailoa has yeah. is, has proven me wrong and proven you wrong. Both right, of us. I agree. But but I think overall, just the whole culture and vibe of that team, they can't beat winning teams. I don't put stock in the win against Dallas from last week because it, look, it's a round robin of fraud teams, and someone had to win. Right. So so and it was in Miami. So they beat they beat my Dallas at home. Two fraud teams played each other and the home fraud team won. That's not the kind of win that makes me feel like Miami has taken that next step. And I think they went out and proved that 1000% this week by not just losing in Baltimore, but getting the doors blown off them. They're a fraud team and and I think that I think they'll make the playoffs, yes, but I think Buffalo goes in there this week and and, and takes the division from them. I do. I I, I agree completely. And Bradley think. Chubb's hurt too. Bradley Chubb's hurt. Most are hurt. Most are hurt. Xavier Howard left the game. Yep. Um, they already one. lost that kid, Jalen Phillips. Both their defensive ends. Yep. And I think Tagli Valoa hurt his shoulder yesterday too. Oh, so he might yeah. be nicked up. Yeah. yeah. So 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 they got a bunch of injuries. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I I really think Buffalo Buffalo wins that game. It's a great great end to the season. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the Cleveland Browns. We just mentioned them, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I don't know how far this thing can go with Flacco, but what a terrific story! Like, I you know. can't tell me you're not rooting for, for for Flacco and the Browns. The whole fan thing, the lovable loser thing, and then this guy come thirty nine years old comes out of nowhere. I love it. I, you know, I'm rooting for the Browns and the <laughs> AFC. Like the Browns are like the team that I'm going to hitch my wagon to this postseason. Totally. Um, you know, especially when you look at the fact that this is like, this is a Browns team that's, they've tried to make, you know, they've been knocking at the door in terms of, you know, being talented and trying to take that next step as an organization for the last couple of years. They've done a lot of rebuilding and like going into the, you know, they lose Nick Chubb. They lose Deshaun Watson and you think like, okay, that offense is done with. Right. And somehow like, you know, Jerome Ford emerges, like Joe Flacco comes from the depths and and now is, you know, just crushing it. I mean, this is the ultimate Cinderella story. It is. With Joe Flacco. Like, how can you not root for it? I love it. I'll root, I'll root for it, you know, all day. And, and not only that, but like, this is one of the best defenses in football that people don't really talk about. Yeah. And, but what I love about Flacco though is it's not just that he's coming in and like trying to hold down the fort. This guy's no, like yeah. firing the ball downfield. He's yeah. hitting all these deep passes. Yeah. He's playing just like with nothing to lose. Yeah. He's throwing the ball downfield more than anyone in the league. It's freaking great. I love it. I love it. He's he's looking like Joe Cool from that run uh with the with the Ravens when yeah. he just, you know, it I love it. I think it was so, you know, it's so funny thinking that, you know, a guy like that who was on the couch a few weeks ago yeah. is now, you know, lighting the league on fire and, and leading one of the hottest teams in football. It, the it's like something it's, out of a movie. It is. Or something. It really yeah. is. It's like something out of a movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, oh, I wanted to talk about the Jets because we haven't talked about them in a while. They're the Pats opponent this week. Committing to Robert Sala last yeah. week. A, 
guaranteeing that he'll be back next year. Look, I know that they caught a bit of a tough break with Aaron Rodgers being hurt, but I don't think Robert Sella, and I love Robert Sella. I want him to be successful. He's Lebanese like us. Like, you know, I'd love to see, he's a tough, hard-nosed guy. I'd love to see it work out for him. I don't think he's done a great job this year. And I don't think that the Jets as an organization were ready for what I would say is the realistic likelihood that Aaron Rodgers was going to get hurt. I don't think they were ready in the front office. Okay, you bring in a 40-year-old quarterback, okay, you have to have a backup quarterback ready to go. They didn't. And I don't think they were ready on the field either because look at how they mangled and, and mishandled the thing with Zach Wilson and keeping him in there and not not bringing in Simeon or Boyle or someone, anyone. How could they be worse than Zach Wilson? They just totally blew this whole thing, and I'm shocked that they committed to Salah for next year. Yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 I've – been a little bit higher, I think, on Salah. I think than than you have. I I like the guy. Well, I love Salah. I, I right. think, yeah. I no. I, I like him. I, I think he's good. I look. You know. I think it's obviously a two, super tough blow, like you said, when you lose your franchise or the supposed franchise quarterback, right? You you know, and and obviously it's real tough when you don't have a competent backup on that roster. I look at it though, and I think how ironic is it that you know the Jets, who by all accounts are a complete team, right? Um, they had Joe Flacco last year. Yeah. And like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers goes down. They do the whole Zach Wilson experiment, which we already knew was going to fail from the yep. get-go. Like everybody knew that. Everyone right? knew it. They, that, that tanks their season. They try the whole Trevor Simeon thing. And I think one other dude. And meanwhile, Joe Flacco has been sitting there in the couch this entire time, was on their team last year. The Browns come and scoop him up. And now he's he's winning games, lighting the league on fire, leading to the playoffs. Like the Jet the Jets to me did not do enough to right the ship after Aaron Rodgers went down. The fact that they just turned it back over to Zach Wilson to me was just like what are you doing? I mean, I guess I guess the thing I should clarify a little bit with Salah too is I think he act, and he's a great defensive coach. Yeah. And I like him. And I think I don't think he's a bad coach. But how often does a team have three years like the Jets just had and, and a rookie coach that's never won before get a fourth year? That's what I'm saying. Like someone's gotta be the fall guy. I'm I, I'm surprised that 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 rightly or wrongly that the, the organization didn't decide to move in another direction after this year. Like you could argue everything you just said, they lost the franchise quarterback. The front office didn't have anyone in place. All good points, fair points. The jets are a bad organization because they make bad, dumb, impulsive decisions. I'm shocked that they didn't just move on from Salah. I mean, I really am. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it he's had the unfortunate misery of two years of, trying to develop Zach Wilson so that, you know, to save face, because obviously let's face it, like this organization, they, they almost, you know, screwed themselves just as much as like the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, because I think it was very apparent to all of us after year one, that Zach Wilson was not the guy and they ran the experiment back in year two yep. and coming into year three, they left him as the number two guy. They put themselves in that so position. So they really did screw themselves. Like, I get it. Like, developing Zach Wilson obviously is tough. He's not a good quarterback. Losing Aaron Rodgers is tough. You don't have a backup quarterback. But it's like, that's a situation that could have easily been averted. Like, how do you not have, like, a Jacoby Brissett right. or, or, uh, or Gardner, Gardner Minshew in if New York, If Gardner right? Minshew was the quarterback of the Jets this year, they're in the playoffs. They'd be like 10 and 7 right now. They'd be now. like 10 and yeah. 7 right now. So yeah. it's like, they, they left themselves in a very bad position. No question about it. Um, Saturday night game, Detroit, Dallas, Justin, 
notoriously bad call. That yeah. People are going to remember that. What are your thoughts on that situation? It looks by all accounts, the referee just completely mangled that situation. What do you do if you're the league? Like, how do you handle this? See, that's one of those just, it's super tough because it's not like it's something that you can go and reverse. Yeah. Right. It's I mean, not, you can't reverse it. You, you, it's so, it's just like, I really don't know how you deal with it. I think it was a mistake. And I, I you know, I don't think there's anything nefarious, right? Yeah. I don't think it was like, you know, the fix is in. Yeah. I really do think it was just a bad mistake. But by the same token, like, you can't accept mistakes when you're the NFL. And not like that. No, not like that. So especially in a game like that. Yeah. Right. No, it was a huge mistake. Right. But what I find interesting about it is that like they take the five yard penalty. And at that point you're like, okay, they're going to kick the extra point. You're going overtime. And I mean, wh where's the, where's the criticism for Dan Campbell for, for going it for, for two, not twice, but three times. Cause they, they got a penalty on, against Dallas on the fourth, on the seven yard play. And then they got to fourth, uh, the two-yard line again, and they went for it three times, and they didn't get it on the second and third time. At what point do you just kick the damn extra point and go to overtime? Wait, did they lose by two? They lost by one. Was it one? Yeah, it was oh, 20 okay. to 19. So, yeah. All right, so- Kick the yeah. point. Yeah, you kick the point. You got to kick the point. I, I mean, thought I, it was- I, I think it was a huge gamble to go for it because, like, first of all, this isn't like Carolina playing no, the no, 49ers right, right, right. and like, okay, we're going to, we're going to win or lose on the two, but this was two good teams that played more or less evenly for 60 minutes. I don't care whose stadium the game was in. Overtime was a flip of the coin. Like either team could have walked away. You had a great chance in overtime if you're the Detroit Lions. So why make a panic desperation move and go for two in the first place? They did. They got it. And they got screwed by one of the worst calls we've ever seen. I get it. Now going for it on fourth and seven, I'm sorry. That's just reckless. That's yeah. a that's the toughest thing in to do is is to convert a and goal situation from between the five to ten yard line. That's yeah. a tough thing to do. It's a low probability play. It was a stupid decision by Dan Campbell. Yeah, super dumb. Um, I get especially in that context. And you may think about it now too. You know, especially with Philly's loss. Detroit still, I think, would have been in the running for the one seed going into the final week. They were mathematically yeah. alive for the one seed. Yeah. Absolutely. They, so, they they screwed it. Yeah. Themselves. So, I mean, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that I, and the 49ers are, are going against LA with the Rams, one of the hottest teams in football right. next week. So it was like, right. if you're playing the long-term strategic game, you do everything you can to to play it safe, get that win and leave it up to fate in, 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 in the final week of the year. But, you know, by the same token, I also feel like that call is kind of like the embodiment of like Dan Campbell. Like he yes. is just a high energy, high risk, high reward. You know, he's super emotional. I'm sure he was super pissed off by that call. And he said, no, we're not changing our plan. We're going to, we're going to double down and we're going to go for it. And we're right. going to, you know what I mean? Like right. that, that was like it a was very- reckless. Yeah, it was reckless. Yeah, I think it was reckless. Yeah. I, re I really do. Like I right. get the going for two from the two yard line, I think is reckless. I do. I think it was reckless decision. Play for overtime, but but to get the five yard penalty and go for it again, that's insanity. It's insanity. As much as we all love Dan Campbell, he's like the lovable rah-rah guy. We're all rooting for Detroit as yeah. national fans because of the story. That was a terrible, terrible move. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. All right. Let's see. What else do I got here? Let's talk a little bit. Uh, oh, um, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, number one seeds in each conference. You just hit on that. The the Niners and the um, and the Ravens now have both clinched the number one seeds. Yeah. So what should these two teams do? Because now both of these teams are looking at a three week run 
in between meaningful games. So do you play your starters this week if you're the Niners or the Ravens, or do you sit them? And don't forget, both of these teams have key players that have significant injury histories. And I think you can't overlook that. Because my my take, and I'll, I'll if you give me a sec, is that typically I think you should play out. Like I saw the Patriots in this position many, many times, and they would always play. And, and it usually worked for them. And I saw the Colts, they would always take the opposite approach. They'd sit when they got that bye week, and it would always burn them. So I say play your guys. Take the chance for injury. It's part of the game. You can't stop momentum. In this case, I think it's different because the Niners have so many guys with injury histories, and the Ravens have Lamar Jackson, and we know he gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. <laughs> there's a big difference between a bye week and going three weeks without playing a meaningful football game, like you right. said. Like that is that can really derail a team. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like not totally. playing for not playing a real game for three weeks. Yes. Like that and we've seen, you know, especially a team like Baltimore. It, it Baltimore is in the worst catch twenty two because Baltimore is in a situation where we've seen them struggle in the playoffs. We've seen them come out flat. As a matter of fact, I believe that year they lost to Tennessee. Um, they were the number one seed, right? And I think they got that first round by, and then Tennessee came in and, yep. and punched them in yep. the mouth, right? So it's like you have a team that has a history of starting slow in the playoffs, um, but you also have a team like the Ravens with significant his injury history. In this, right. it's, and they got the Steelers, and they got the Steelers. a good defense right. <clears throat> this week. Right. In a division rivalry. The game's always a physical, it's a bloodbath. Exactly. They're really, they're in a tough spot. The it's a super tough position because it's like, you know, the smart thing sounds like you may rest your guys and go into the playoffs healthy. But then again, it's, if you come out in that first week and you look flat, everyone's going to say, well, you didn't play for three weeks and what team is going to be at their sharpest after right. not, Right, and they've you know, got all the momentum in the world right now. Right. After beating San Francisco and Miami. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are two of the, San Francisco is the best team in the league, or what we think is, besides Baltimore. Yeah. And Miami is a, is, a, is a respectable win, a playoff caliber team. The Ravens are red hot right now, and you're going to pass that up. And I think those divisional round is January, like what, 21st? It sounds far away. Yeah. Right? That's three full weeks from now. It's a while. That's a long time to, to not play in a meaningful game. Yep. The 49ers, by the way, have the Rams, as you said, which is, again, another tough physical defense like you want to risk getting christian mccaffrey hurt yeah. um you know debo samuel that guy goes down like a house of cars i mean he mm -hmm. plays like he plays the game right he plays hard but the guy gets hurt all the time i think i honestly in this case if i was the niners i would not play any of my i would not play any of those guys i would sit them i would take my chances that i could pick my momentum back up <clears throat> uh as for the ravens I might sit Lamar Jackson and play everyone else. That really might be what I would do. You can't risk Lamar Jackson getting hurt. Yeah. No, I I think I agree with you. I think that, you know, if you're a good team and you're a good coach and, you know, you're all in the right spot mentally and the coach is doing their job, you can pick the momentum and the intensity back up, right? Yeah. You can practice the right way. You can prepare the right way. But injuries, that's just, it's just kind With of- TJ Watt you know, coming flying around the end, you know, I mean, just, just blindside yeah. on Lamar Jack. I mean, there you go. He season's over Baltimore, you right. know, get, well, you know, try again next year. I mean, they're in a great position. I think they have to live with the the risk of losing your momentum. Yeah. Um, okay. And last one, uh, I want to talk just real quickly about the college football playoffs today, uh, going yeah. on later today. Yeah. Let me just say, look, they couldn't get to a 12th playoff format fast enough. I know. This year was the year where it all fell apart. It all fell apart. And it was an embarrassing, this whole bowl season 
has been embarrassing for college football, in my opinion, because teams, they were always exhibition games, but they were taken seriously, right? Teams wanted to win them, right? Yeah. You look right now, half these kids opt out. They don't take it seriously. This was like watching NFL preseason, watching Georgia, Florida State. That was supposed to be a marquee matchup. It's like watching the freaking Giants Patriots week four of the preseason, yeah. right? Florida State had 25 starters opt out. They didn't take the game seriously. No wonder why they lost by 60 points. They, 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 they could not do this for another year. It, the 12-team playoff could not come soon enough. Yeah, and you know what? It may kind of ruin the rest of the bowl games and the, but that's fine that's a risk ruined. that's no a, yeah, exactly there's too many bowl games there's too many teams playing in bowls yeah and, and like you said there's too many like opt-outs have you know i would rather see 12 quality teams play and i, yeah. I could give a crap about the rest of the bowl games yeah. honestly i right. want to see and and you know what too I, for everybody and i get it you know florida state was had 25 starters opt-out but like all they did was just kind of prove that the committee made the well, right choice. Saying. Like, you know, you know average, Joe regular, the, the, the sports public is just looking at that and saying, Hey, they validated the committee's choice. They're not looking at it and saying, Oh, 25 starters opted out. Exactly. You know, they, don't care. They, they look and they see the score and they're like, man, Florida state had no business in the playoffs anyways. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah. And, and you know what, and, and honestly, Georgia's probably the best team in college football. Right. So, you know what I mean? So and it's that's like- That's the other thing. I mean, they're not even in the playoffs. Exactly. Everyone was mad that Florida State got screwed. Georgia got screwed more than Florida State did. I agree did. with you. We said, so, that, we said yeah. at the time. I mean, Georgia just caught their one loss at the worst possible time. They right. deserve to win the play for a championship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, come on. You're telling me Georgia and Washington play tomorrow? I mean, who would you who, who would you favor in that game? Georgia, Washington. Georgia by like yeah. double digits. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. So like, you know, this whole four game playoff is nonsense. And, you know, regarding the point you made about the, um, the, the, the bowl games being meaningless. Yes. But don't forget, they're going to be at 20 teams within five years. Like they'll, they'll, they'll increase right. the size, um, because, because there's too much money to be made and it, it's, it's going to be too watchable. It'll be too, it'll be a great product. The 12 team thing is going to be a resounding success no doubt in my mind they'll expand to 20 within a decade. Yeah, and you know what? They should because, look, I get it. Football isn't basketball. It's tough to just set up like a 64-team bracket and do like March yeah. Madness, right? But like, it'd be cool. It'd be, be super enough. cool, yeah. 20 would be just enough. I know, yeah. And that, that's the thing. I I could, if if you're a fan of specific colleges, specific teams, like, yeah, those little bowl games, like that's what, you, you know, you can tune in, you can root for that. But I want to see like a true playoff. You yep. know what I mean? I don't want to see I don't want to see a handful of teams voted in. Yep. You know what I mean? I want to see a decent a representative selection, decent number of teams merited to be there and let them compete and duke it out. But but this this bowl season independent of the independent of the, the actual playoff games. I mean, it was basically like the NFL exhibition season. Yes. It really was. Like it was it was meaningless. They it was not taken seriously and it was unwatchable. Yeah. I I don't I don't think I've watched one watchable bowl game this year yet. Me neither. I haven't I don't even know if I've tuned into any, but all the ones I see recaps of, they're just so one-sided. One-sided. Because so, one team's taking yeah. it seriously and the other team had like 10 guys opt out. Yeah. And honestly, that if, you, if you're if you a better, I mean, I wish I did this, but like you should have spent all bowl season just looking who had more opt-outs. Right. That's really all it came down to. That was the name to. of the game yeah. this year. It, it yeah. was a glorified NFL preseason. So it's not sustainable. Um, 
you know, it, it's going to end. It's, it's ending. And, and, and thank God there's a new format coming in next year because yep. I think it, it can't come soon enough. Yep. All right. That's all the time we have for the uh, Around the League podcast. Justin, you have any other thoughts you want to bring up before we wrap it up? No, just, uh, you know, the end, last week of the regular season coming up yep. next week, you know, a couple of good games, right? Some games that have implications. If you're out there betting, I always, we always like to tell people, uh, you know, check and see who's got what remaining for like contract incentives yep. and stuff, right? Like who's got, who needs, you know, a hundred yards to hit this bonus and stuff yep. like that next week. But uh, anyway, no, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the playoffs. And I think there's still like this... A lot that's still up in the air heading into this. There, last there is. Week. There's a lot. There's not, it, yeah, nothing's it, really set in stone other for than the, the one two ones. Seeds. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. There's a lot. There's a lot up in the air for sure. Let me tell you my uh, my betting yesterday. So I took I took the Patriots with fourteen and a half, which yeah. is too many points to Way pass up. And, and I think that was a good bet. And then I took the Giants because I like Terod Taylor yeah. against the Rams. Right. I think he makes them a better team. And I hit on uh, my bet of the year besides Dallas and Buffalo a few weeks ago was my number one bet of the year. My number two bet of the year was the Ravens yesterday against the Dolphins. I love yeah. the Ravens. So yeah. I went into the four o'clocks up a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah. I didn't love any of those four o'clock games. There was only three of them. Right. But I said, I'm going to be sitting here watching this. I'm going to take the Chiefs. So I laid the seven against the Chiefs, right? Yeah. And it was like, they came out, they're losing at halftime. And it's like, when you're playing that last hand at blackjack and you get two face cards against a six, you have to double down. Right. So I'm like, I got to take the chiefs at the half here. They're down. I know they're going to come back and win this game. Yep. So I went double or nothing on the chiefs and there I took them at the half. Yep. And then they ended up, thank you, Harrison Bucker nails five hard field goals outdoors, bad weather, all of them like 50 yards long. Okay. Right. Hits all five of them. So the halftime bet covers and, and, the original bet covers because it yep. was minus seven. Yep. So I hit both of them. And then I love Green Bay Sunday night. So that's yeah. how I got to 6-0 and yesterday. Love it. Love and I've it. had a tough year, so I, I needed that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to build a little momentum heading into the playoffs, yeah. right? Get, get a nice win under your belt after right. a long season getting crushed by the Bulls. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I get killed. Right. I get killed when I get, when I just like don't real, like I can be sharp sometimes, but but I can be square sometimes too. Yep. And when I just go, you know log in at 10, 12.30 on a Sunday, right. and I'm just like, you know, I'm going to be rooting for Russell Wilson today, so I'm going to take him. I, I'm going to be I I, I kind of hope the Giants beat the Eagles today, so I'm going to take them. Right. And I'm not really thinking critically. Exactly. Exactly. That's when I get screwed. Right. That and my the fact that I insist on taking the Patriots still, and they haven't been covering this year a yep. lot until the last few weeks. So like those two things set me up for a tough year. So I was like, look, I got to start getting sharp and like thinking about what I'm taking and betting with my head and not my heart. Yeah. And now yeah. I've, I've made a bit of a recovery the last few weeks because of that. Yeah. No, you got to You got to take it seriously. You can't bet with your heart. No, you, you got to put some, th some thought and research. It's why they're building it. casinos in Vegas. Because exactly. guys, people bet with what they want to see, what they root for. Exactly. Instead of betting with their brain. Yep. And, and, and that's, and that's the thing. So that's why I've been trying to be a little better the last few weeks of, okay, tune on my heart, listen to my head, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. And, and, and get myself out of the hole I dug, which I've done now. So that's good. <laughs> all right, man. Listen, thank you to everyone that listened to Dr. Football Podcast. Want to wish you all a safe, happy, and healthy new year. Uh, and we will catch you all uh, next week. And we'll see what happens with Belichick, with the Pats this weekend, and take it from there. Thank you, everyone. Be good. Good.